and uh, for me it is just kicked in that Jesus did the most incredible thing for us sometimes you leave you leave knowing that Jesus died for you but the moment you take time out and go back and read scriptures and connect to what Jesus has done for us there's a nerve it touches somewhere in your soul it goes down deep to your spirit to confirm that indeed you are a child of God because of what Jesus has done for me and you. for me and you oh oh welcome to tonight's faith gathering bread breaking live broadcast in this Passover week in this Passover week oh wherever you are pray with me right now father we acknowledge the act of love that you showed the whole world for you have given your only begotten son to be slain, to be smitten, to be bruised, to be stripped of his dignity. Lord, Father, we thank you for that act of love. And we receive and we continue to appreciate that love. Oh, the God of love. God is love. Thank you. Oh, I welcome you tonight. Oh, it's it's been a wonderful week. When you go through pages, you know, you're hearing about the Passover the new covenant and it's so good because you know what faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god somebody say evangelist somebody may say evangelist but you should understand these things but let me tell you when you hear the word of god being shared all the time it sounds like new oh the love the love of God. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for your fellowship. We thank you for your fellowship, Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you for your fellowship. Tonight, we, we're going to 
move from scripture to scripture, you know, just to understand why Jesus had to come. What did he say about his coming? You know, it's very important to understand so that when we understand, we are able to fully live in what Jesus came for and died for on the cross and he rose again. Therefore, we walk with understanding and no devil will come and distort that understanding. And no devil will come and steal that understanding. Therefore, we are able to walk by faith, completely by faith, when we understand what Jesus has done on the cross. Why Jesus came. Why Jesus came? Because in the book of John chapter, chapter 3, verse 16, it reads, it says, it says here, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that even gave up, that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that Whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have everlasting eternal life. But whosoever believes in him shall not perish, may not perish, but have eternal life, but have eternal life. Let me tell you, if you have received Jesus and believes, and believes that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you have eternal life. For the word says, whosoever believe, whosoever believes in him shall have, may have, shall have eternal life. Eternal life. Let me tell you, one day, one day, <laughs> one day when he comes back oh we shall we shall be like him when he comes back when we start to enjoy when we start to celebrate that he's come back to fetch us because we have eternal life our mortal bodies, our bodies from the dust will die, but our spirits will live forever, for we have eternal life, life beyond this world, life beyond 
the physical life in this world. For we believe in the Son, in the begotten Son of God. This is the act of love because the Bible says God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave. And Jesus confirms this in In, in John chapter 15, verse 13, he says, Greater love has no man than this, or greater love has no man. There is no greater love. There is no greater love than this. That a man laid down his life for his friends. There is no greater love than a man lays his life down for his friends. That a man takes the death that was supposed to go to his friends. And he took that death for his friend. There is no greater love than that. Standing, standing in front of the bullet that your friend was supposed to take. And you take it for your friends. That's the love. That's the love that Jesus completed. As we have read, God so loved the world that he gave his begotten son, his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not die, but shall have eternal life. And Jesus says here, yeah, no greater love, no greater love that a man has done when a man lays his life down for his friends. We're in a love covenant, people. This is the story of love. This is a story of love because our God is love. That's why the Bible says you can speak in tongues of angels, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. He starts to compare hope and faith and love. And he says the greatest, the greatest is love. Oh, love, this is a love story. Wherever you're watching from, let me tell you, this is the love story. For Jesus died on the cross for us. He died on the cross for us. He laid his life down for us. He laid his life, his life down for his friends. And he continues and say in, in verse 14 and says, You are my friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you, 
From now on, I call you not servants. For the servant knows not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. That's why I say, this is the love story. This is the love story. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for us is the highest order of love. It is the highest order of love. The agape love. The agape love that he has shown us. But we're talking under the topic, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? He came so that we can have eternal life and we do not perish, but we have eternal life. And he came, he gave us eternal love through a love act and he laid down his life for us. Let's continue with the scripture reading. Let's go to John, the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I want you to understand this. Well, sometimes we read this scripture in a hurry. It says, the thief, the thief comes not. <laughs> then you must understand that he doesn't come. The thief will not come. The devil will not come. If he is not coming to steal to kill and to destroy. That's how you must read it. The thief comes not but to. <laughs> then he doesn't come when he's not coming to kill, to steal, and to destroy. When you sense the presence of the devil or the thief, do not entertain him do not entertain him resist him and he will flee immediately because he doesn't come to be your friend he doesn't come to build you he comes but he comes not but to steal kill and destroy But I thank the Lord who so loved. I thank God 
who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have an everlasting life but have an eternal life and Jesus completes that sentence here on, on the second part of, of John chapter 10 verse 10 says I come that they might have life <laughs> I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly and that they might have it more abundantly that they may have it more abundantly what does that mean if the thief comes but comes not but to steal kill and destroy and jesus has come so that we may have life and have it and have it more abundantly. Therefore, the devil, by its nature, by his nature, he destroys. Whether you accommodate him nicely, whether you think you've got an agreement with him, let me tell you this, he destroys. He destroys. Because that is nature. That is nature. That's why you should not accommodate him. You should never accommodate him. Because he comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Therefore, in this in this evening tonight, I want you to understand this: that Jesus came. That's another, that's another point. We have eternal life, but while we are living this eternal life, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. That we may have life and have it more abundantly. Let's quickly go to the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter 4. The book of Luke chapter 4. Verse 17, verse 18. Or let's read from verse 17. It says, Okay, to, to have to have so that you can have good context. Let's start from verse 16. It says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And stood up to read. And, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book. When he had opened the book. He found the place where it is written. This is our key, this is our key scripture. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hear what Jesus has come to do now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to preach, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to teach, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And in this day, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Jesus also came, also came to preach the good news to the poor. Then what is good news to the poor? Good news to the poor, it's about provision of God. If you are lacking something and we tell you that God is a provider, he's a Jehovah Jireh, he will provide. That's good news for you because it is solving a problem that you have in your life. Then that is good news. And again, he was sent, he sent, he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. If you feel like your heart is broken, Jesus was sent for that, was sent for you to heal the brokenhearted. How does he heal it? Through his word now. You can trust God for the healing of your heart and your heart will be healed and he will give you peace that surpasses all understanding he is Jehovah Rapha our God the healer the Lord who heals us oh another thing that he came is to preach deliverance to the captives his word delivers us from whatever that is that has captured us from whatever that is has captured us we are delivered from it through his word through his word through his word and he says recover of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised and declare the acceptable year of the lord Oh, thank you, Jesus. And he's doing this, like we read, based on love. He's setting the captives free because love pushes him to do that. Because love enables him to do that. Forces him to do that. He can't. He can't come through love and not act or act outside 
of the love that brought him in the first place. All this, he does it through love. Bringing redemption to the captives. Bringing liberty to the bruised. Recovery of sight to the blind. Bringing good news to the poor. And declaring the acceptable year of the Lord. It is love. For God so loved the world. That he gave. Love gives. Love gives. Love gives the best. That's why the Bible says his only begotten son. Love gives the best. God gave his best. His spotless lamb. Without blemish. He gave that lamb for us. So that it can be slaughtered for us, for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sins, for the redemption of his people. He is the second, he is the second Adam to bring us back, to bring us back. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have eternal life, people. We have eternal life. We have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the book of the book of Isaiah. And the, the, the prophet Isaiah started prophesying the coming of Jesus and his death and what it's his death will do to us. The benefits of his death to us. And I will read the whole chapter so that you get what Jesus went through for us to have eternal redemption, for us to have eternal life, for us to walk, to walk in victory, in dominion, for us to be called more than conquerors. So that it can be said that, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. This is what Jesus had to go through. This is what Prophet Isaiah, Pro Prophet Isaiah, this is what Prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53. From verse 1 he says, Who has believed our report? And to whom? Is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up 
before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no stately form, no splendor. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall or we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like, all we like, all we like have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before the shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Listen to this. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. To bruise him. He has put him to grief. Even he had put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an, off, an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. And the will of the Lord shall prosper in his days. He shall see the travel of his soul and shall, satis shall be satisfied. He, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. I want to repeat that. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant 
justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors, and made intercession for the transgressors. If you're out there listening, he has made intercession for me and you. For me and you to walk in righteousness. Jesus had to endure all this. Being bruised, being stricken, being smitten. I just want you to digest it. And that's the act of love. For there is no greater love than when a man lays his life down for his friends. People, we are treated to the greatest love that has ever existed. We are treated to the greatest love, the agape love, the highest level of love, the highest order of love, love with no reason. The agape love. God so loved the world. God so agape the world that he gave his only begotten son. In this Passover, in this, in this Good Friday week, let's appreciate that love. Let's honor that love. Let's check ourselves. Are we really walking in that love? Do we really believe that God loves us that much? Do we really believe that nothing can separate us from the love of God? Because this is the highest level of love. I'm calling this message the highest level of love. Oh, Jesus.